I just want to say that my laugh in that clip uh, made me vomit in my mouth a little bit. So isolate the laugh from that clip and play it back at you all the time. Roger. Um, shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here we go. You're welcome, Trailer Park Podcast. Nathan, worried or excited? I'm excited. Daniel, it's a horror movie. Worried or excited? God damn it, I will kill myself. Worried. Are you worried or excited? An invitation for rigid and spastic penetration. You seem satisfied. Affirmative. The trailer made me emotional. Real lumpy flesh dragger. Raising awareness of a masturbation addiction. Don't get it on my territory. I can't stand seeing someone do it worse. Oh my god, here it comes. Here it comes. It's so uh, wet. Oh my god, it's coming. Oh. oh. Bonus. <laughs> Great splatter. As requested uh, from TPP134, Daniel suggested that we have a, a splatter sound at the end of the intro. There it is. That's right. It's like every episode you get to bear witness to full frontal graphic birth. <laughs> Um, it's actually kind of difficult to find a decent splatter sound that, like, I want one that's like really splattery, and then squi- one that so, well, gushes, squishy, followed by like, did something just land on the ground? Yeah, yeah. In turn, it's weird. Like once you start messing around with like the the podcasty sound effects side of the audio world, you realize, like, you, you start off with a simple thing, like like Nathan just said, like, oh, okay, I want a drop sound, like a wet, drop, splotchy, squishy sound. And you go out there, and all you can find is, like, really rudimentary or really poor quality shit. And you realize that there are, like, thousands of sound effects that are locked behind, like, hardcore paywalls. And that the entire audio sound effects world is, like, an extremely, like, controlled and regimented thing. And you're only going to get, like, children's drawings versions of audio clips if you try to go the free route. you got to just make your own. It's you time to drop uh, some moist, splotching noises of your own. Well, it's, it's funny you should mention that because I I watched uh, some of a Vice TV show about uh, the guy that creates the sound effects for Mortal Kombat, and he was you know using a grapefruit and squishing it and uh, using uh, you know, taking green peppers and like crunching them in front of the microphone. So I did think about the possibility of making my own sound effect for sure. Oh, Nathan, if we like lived in the same place, you and I would just be like Foley artists <laughs> as our side. Group. Yeah. What are they called again? You just said it. What is it? Foley artists. Foley. Foley artists. Mm, they sit with like the coconut shells and you make all the, the all the, like, a, like a, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Amanda, welcome. Yes. Thank you. You know what I think it needs now, now that we have a sploosh uh-huh. is that then it needs like the, the sound of like a cat licking it. I think that would be great. But I'm here. Yes. <laughs> yes, you are here. We are all here. Um, it is Trailer Park Podcast 135. Now, I want you guys to understand that the 135 energy resonates with optimism, independence, philanthropy, altruism, creative expression, and benevolence. If it mm. could, if it could, the energy of 135 would permeate the entire world with comfort, health, happiness, and a facility for personal expression of freedom. So this is not my episode. Right. I am not generous or nice. Yeah, 135 is not generally a number I would associate with Amanda. Um, what about what about comfort, health, happiness? 
Mm. I mean, shadows of those things. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a yeah. It's it feels like a <clears throat> it feels like a propaganda number. It says self sufficient, optimistic, and has a global consciousness. What did I mean? I see global consciousness. I'm like, ugh. Yeah, very calming. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. yeah, there is something weirdly propagandistic about 135. It does feel like a clinical or like government number. Yep, agreed. Like 135, step aside. <laughs> Agent 135, <laughs> please report. So, Like you and the other prisoners in the shower talking and they're like, oh, did you hear about don't ever go near cell 135? Why? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, we're going to jump right into the round table here. And I briefly, very briefly, because you guys already talked about it, want to say that I have now watched The Suicide Squad as well. You guys, yeah, you guys talked about it a whole bunch on 134, so I won't get into it. All I will say is uh, I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. John Cena was hilarious, even though he's a wrestler, right in turn. It's pretty good in that one, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't mind him. Yeah, actually. you didn't mind. But you, you know, you have this thing up your ass about wrestlers. The minute you hear John Cena's name well, or The Rock's name, you're like, anyway. I like one of them. Okay. Well, yeah, he was good in that. And the polka dot guy, hilarious. Oh my. Yeah, gosh. that guy was the best part oh, for sure. Fucking love that. You're like, are you really going there? Yep, you're going. Oh Jesus Christ, that was satisfying. Like that's kind of. <laughs> All those mother faces. Oh, <laughs> wow, just the fact that it, the the stuff is growing on him, the big pustule poc- polka dots, and he has to vanquish, he has to release them. It's, it's fucking... far from out. Oh, it's hilarious. Okay. Yeah, he has an inter- interdimensional disease. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure you'd be, if I was making that movie, I'd be like, yes, that one. That's so ridiculous. <laughs> Look at his suit. It's it's ridiculous. It's a polka dot thing, but it's actually an interdimensional disease, which actually makes it kind of scary. So it's like, I can't believe I'm, I can't believe this polka dot guy has something that's so dangerous at his disposal. That's crazy. Right. Yeah. The really... starfish is great. Yeah. yeah. And in general, it's just like, it's just a really fun action movie. Yeah. Yeah. Solid. Yeah. Put the other one to shame. I see all this stuff about the director of the previous Suicide Squad movie wanting to do a director's cut and all this. And it's like, just settle down, bud. You got, you got school. Just fade away. Fade away. And then uh, Chelsea and I watched No Man of God, which we did on the last episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Was yeah, it good? And Ted. It's exactly what we said it was going to be. Mediocre. Mm-hmm. Another Ted Bundy movie. The thing that really that I took away from the movie, though, was that I didn't understand the stuff that went on when he was about to get the chair. Like, there was a bunch of people outside the penitentiary celebrating his death with <coughs> signs and camping out. And that's crazy. Yeah. I don't know if that kind of thing happens anymore, but just like the old footage of, you know, 70s footage or whatever of people camping outside of a prison. Oh yeah, celebrating yeah. somebody's death. It's just kind of <clears throat> that image kind of hit me. And then I thought about how um this movie gives me the idea to make a better movie, which is kind of what I was suggesting when we reviewed the trailer, which was 
Elijah would would slowly get enchanted by everything that he was saying and start to, you know, hunt down a woman and kill her. That would be not Ted Bundy, just a serial killer. Make a movie about a serial killer on death row or whatever, and the cop that has to interrogate him, trying to find out where his other bodies are left or whatever, and he starts to become intoxicated by the guy and starts to think about the things that he's saying and then starts to look at people differently, and then he starts to, you know, unconsciously track someone and where they're going and what they're doing every day, and then he fucking becomes a serial killer himself. That would be a really crazy movie. Yeah, just Harley, yeah, Harley Quinn a dude. Yeah. And now we must all discuss... A Quiet Place Part Two. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. And neither have I. And yet, I know that I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I believe I was speaking with Daniel over the uh, over the chatty the chatty devices, and uh, he was going to give me some feedback on A Quiet Place Part Two and why it was a failure. Oh God! Can I go return to that headspace? <clears throat> I think there's the thing that's unique about A Quiet Place, the franchise, because my feeling after the second one was the same as with the first, is that when you're watching it, because the way it's presented, because it's quality, you know, it's a, it's skillful cinema, at least that what they're doing is pulled off well. You don't really notice it. You just kind of have like this experience that seems pretty decent. You're like, okay, there were some good moments in there. It's a little bit PG-13. There's no blood and stuff, which you start to notice after a while, and it kind of puts a softens the corners on everything a little bit but in general you're like okay well that, that was fine i mean not my favorite but th- good job guys and then 30 minutes after an hour after you're thinking about it rehashing the scenes trying to put the whole plot together figure out what you liked and didn't like and suddenly you just turn on it so hard and it happened with both movies both movies i walked out thinking okay that wasn't bad and then by the time i was back home from driving home from the theater uh, I'd already hated the movie. And the same thing <laughs> happened. I was rehashing the movie with Amanda after I watched it. Because so I was like, yeah, it wasn't bad. And then by the time we were done, we were like, ugh. I didn't even have to watch it. All I had to do was pose questions. <laughs> give us give us what? some of the, the conversation here. Okay, well, so come to find out, these creatures can't swim. <laughs> okay. The planet is largely water, right? And so I asked about Okay, well, then where did they, do we get any background in the second installment about their origin? And apparently all you're ever shown is what, like some sort of like meteor asteroid type of thing, ball of fire landing on the earth, right? I don't recall, but. That happens at the the very, very, very beginning of the movie when they flash back to the. Oh, okay. You're, You're saying when they're driving down the street and the meteor or whatever crashes across the. Foreground. Yeah, the creatures okay. appear to show up after that happens. Okay, I didn't put that together. I was like, oh, an asteroid. Oh, there's the monsters. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, obviously they don't want to tell us how the, the how these things got here because they don't really have a good answer. Because either these things crashed in mass, like all over the globe, or they haven't really thought that part out and they crashed on this one thing. And here they are. Well, okay, they can't fucking swim. So can't y'all just, I don't know, go somewhere else, get on a plane, get on a boat and sail away. Also, the military isn't, they're not indestructible. So I don't know why you can't corral them into large areas and kill them all. Mm -hmm. Um, That's that's my biggest problem with A Quiet Place is that even the one-on-one 
it's really horrifying with these creatures because the way they hunt and like how vulnerable you are and how quiet you have to be. But when you like take the camera and zoom out a little bit, it's like these creatures never really show up in any more like than a half dozen. Even that's rare. It's usually one or two. And are you telling me like the military couldn't just like take care of this problem from the air? Like like this little girl is shooting them in the face and killing them with a handgun. So it's not that big of an issue. In World War Z, everything is so overwhelming and like zombies are falling over each other and literally creating piles that allow them to get over walls because there's just so many of them and they never stop. And so you see how the military can get overcome, even though it has like nukes and tanks and crazy shit. In this situation, it feels like the military would just come in and kill these things immediately and be like, well, there we go. That was scary for a couple of weeks, wasn't it, guys? Let's get back to the normal. Yeah, I agree. And also, should we just ruin everything for the intern right now? I guess. Well, you may as well. It's not like I'm ever going to watch it. <laughs> oh. Well, it's not, a, it's not on a lineup, so <laughs> there it is. Exactly. That's yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. correct. So, the the big reveal in part two is that uh, there's like a sound frequency that kind of immobilizes them or devastates their ability to um, behave normally. It just kind of freezes them up, right? Um, and then they then you can kill them really easily when they're in that state. So I guess my feedback there, given the uh, spirit of your guys' feedback, is that, yeah, I didn't really think about it until now, but if you're dealing with a creature that, you know, can hear everything very, very easily and is very sensitive to auditory response, wouldn't you explore that a bit more? Yeah. Like a lot more. Yeah, like a lot more. Like that would have been the first thing that you started doing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like when when it happened, I was like, oh, yeah, of course. And then now I'm thinking, yeah, of course. Like, why wouldn't you? (laughs) Yeah. And they, I was like, go ahead. I was just thinking that maybe, maybe this series is meant for 11-year-olds. Ooh. And you just need to watch it through the lens of being 11. I mean... I think you're like right it's about a, that. a horror movie for kids. That you're weirdly, I think you're on to something. Yeah, yeah. it could be. Cause, I mean... Because, yes, I mean, it even we, hints We all it. had those thoughts before you said that, obviously, but... Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you wrote that down for him to read. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Captain Obvious. Okay. Uh, Good stuff. Sorry to ruin your deep philosophical (laughs) conversation about how ridiculous this movie is. (laughs) Uh. Well, and then Daniel tells me that inadvertently our, like, main character and whatever dude she's with, like accidentally get one of these creatures on an island that's been like safe and then it just kills all these people I'm like so these these people have been in this on this island and they don't have the wherewithal to like have a lookout they, they're not protecting themselves at yeah, all yeah like no. we're, yeah, we're just like spoiling the shit out of this movie but yeah, but yeah. Th- that is the case there, yeah. there is like a, a functional society that's found an island and realize that the, the creatures can't swim and they just like are living life as if nothing's changed. There's no security set up or anything. They, these to make the main characters literally just stumble up onto the island and walk into their campfire. Like, can we have some food? And that's it. And these people knowingly can can see within, like they just like you know, cover the sun over their eyes. They can see from the beach that there is a bloodthirsty cannibalistic like gang hanging out at the pier on the mainland. So they would at least have somebody just to be like there to be like, make sure those cannibals don't come here. But nope, they're just hanging out like, hey, what's going on? Everybody's still dying over there. 
insane. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, the more we talk about it, the, just the dumber it gets. However, <laughs> I really love Killian Murphy, and I like Jamon Hansu as well. So I really appreciate the casting decisions. It kind of distracted me because I really enjoyed those actors. I like them a lot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's and it and that's what I mean about the being in it and then being out of it is so weirdly different. Because when you're in it, you're like, okay, this is a cool idea. Yeah, getting stuck in this vault, and of course, oh, there's only like 90 seconds of air. That's a good like tension thing, having to watch out for monsters and for a timer and the baby thing. And you can see how this thing would like make really great graphic novel like panels. Um, but then, yeah, then once you're removed, you're like, wait a minute. Some deaf girl is just like murdering these things, no problem. <laughs> the military is just like, ah. <laughs> That'd be some great stand up. Wait a minute. <laughs> what? Just a sec. I get that they have that she has a little thing, the little weird frequency from her, uh, uh, from her, from her earpiece that like makes their sensors flare open and expose all their gooey, soft inner bits, but they're not like totally invulnerable either. Yeah. Yeah, they're just fast. They're fast. They got some claws. They can yeah, hear. they're fast. They got some claws, and they hinted at it in both movies. Uh, whenever they get caught with these things in the rain, it's like a huge advantage because the rain distorts everything, and they can't hear where you are very well. Mm-hmm. So it's like, wouldn't the military just be running around with like sh- like hoses and shower heads, just like? <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Yeah, and I, I think I remember your feedback from the first one as well. I remember somebody giving feedback anyway that. <clears throat> pretty sure it was you that it would have been way better if they didn't reveal what the creature looked like yeah because they kind of didn't feel like they knew what they wanted it to look like it seems much more detailed this go around i also question with this installment if they were writing the story and then chose to make things true about the creatures to facilitate what the story was they wanted to do like we want to have a society on an island oh Oh, they can't cross water. Oh, perfect. Okay, well, that'll work out. So we'll just you know, we'll do that yep. to facilitate that. And da, 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 da. yeah, yeah, it's it, it that is. I mean, I didn't see it, but that is how it sounds. And and it is frustrating because they are well acted. They're well written. There's great tension. Everything is there for a really really good horror movie. But then they just and more more than your average slasher dumb bad horror franchise there are these glaring big plot problems that just drive me insane yeah and the last the last thing i'll mention about it because this also came up when Amanda and i were talking is what what's the objective here are these like the aliens that are here to take over and is that what they do they're just like a bunch of ravenous homogenous dogs that just like jump planet to planet and kill everything until it's dead or are these like the clear out phase like attack dogs and like the actual alien race that's like much more interesting is floating up there waiting for their dogs to go and clear everything out i think the it's kind of weird the goal of this franchise is first to go to manhattan and then to go to space (laughs) yeah well we gotta we gotta get like a a couple more installments out yeah manhattan is uh two two away no no, space is two away manhattan is like way down the line Oh, oh! I'm getting things mixed up, hey. Yeah, space Uh-oh. more frequently than not happens in like the four region. You're you're getting no, no. To your credit, you're thinking specifically of the Friday the Thirteenth franchise in which we don't go to space until like part ten. Oh, yep, yep. That's, that's, yep, that's, that's what he was thinking that's, about. <laughs> that's the best one. Also, 
the last thing that I will say about this whole thing is another glaringly obvious. You guys got me thinking about this now. So now I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. If they, if they came on a, on a meteor, like you're saying, and it crashed and they were on it, that's really loud. And yeah. someone, someone who is auditory, like very sensitive with auditory stuff, that probably, that probably blow out those drums. Like they, I'm surprised they're not all deaf. They all, they all instantly die and the, the aliens are like, oh, yeah. shit. Like, wouldn't their hearing be damaged from that if they were so sensitive with the with the ear holes? This whole thing, the whole problem, this is really upsetting. Well, Nathan, whenever you're part of any sort of panspermia, your hearing just works fine. I'm sorry, pan what? Spermia? Yeah. What What is a panspermia? That's uh, when life travels from uh, one planet to another. Is that true? It's like a yeah. life, like origin, genesis. He's, theory. Us- he's using a real term? Yeah. Oh. Because all I heard was, and that, uh, got. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. That's oh my God. science. <laughs> Does anybody else uh, want to share anything that they've watched? Oh, I'll say that I, I, I watched one episode of Solar Opposites so far. Love it. Good. Big Good. fan. Carry on, intern. I want, to, I want to say that this guaranteed has to be the greatest lineup ever because I recently watched uh, Godzilla vs. Kong. And I will say, I went into it thinking that Kong was going to win, which is totally stupid, because Godzilla could kill Kong by yawning. It's not about that. It's about Kong and Godzilla and then, fighting Mechagodzilla. Then. That's the twist. What happened was, is Kong beat Godzilla, and then Godzilla came back from the dead to help Kong fight Mechagodzilla. So they cheaped out on the whole thing anyway. What? Yeah, I think we predicted that, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, no, the, the trailer exposed it. It was dumb. It's so brutal. Their twist back, was stupid. Came back from the dead. I didn't think it was a cop out at all. From oh, my memory, it was Godzilla like. Come back from the dead. Godzilla, they didn't like outright kick Kong's ass, but it was like established like, yes, Godzilla would definitely kick Kong's ass. So instead. They're gonna pair up against uh, Mech Godzilla. That's what that's what I took away from it. Am yeah, I wrong? yeah. No, that's fair. And I mean, I think the takeaway here, the real takeaway, is that Kong Skull Island is the best of all of that attempt. It was great. Uh, and that was Kong Skull Island has some nice cinematography and just just stop. Nothing Bef- before you before you piss me off. Just stop. I like when I... Kong fights the octopus and. I like when that dude like goes to sacrifice himself and sets those grenades off, and that and that creature just like flings him against the mountainside, and he dies for no reason. Yeah, <laughs> you love pointless death. That's my favorite because it's so emotional. He's like, "I'm doing this for us so that you guys can get away," and he just gets flung out of the picture. <laughs> oh, curse! Curse! I will say that the I also watched Godzilla raids again, oh. which was much better. Oh, good. You went back to the... 1955. There it is. The second Godzilla movie. <sighs> okay. Guys in costumes. If you're going to make it bad, go all out. Yeah. Did you watch Did you watch Rashomon as well? Did you check out some... Well, I watch that weekly, Nathan. Okay. All right. <laughs> weekly. Oh, okay. Watch it weekly, Nathan. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> uh, let's stay here. Let's mention these two shows real quick. What was that one that we watched with uh, Nicole Kidman? Uh, we watched Nine Perfect Strangers. We finished we it. We are halfway through that right now. Okay, so yeah, we're not going to spoil it or talk much about 
the the plot per se but well through four episodes i'm like oh wow i i can see the appeal here with the uh slow dose uh psilocybin <laughs> or whatever the uh, hallucinogen being used to free people from their yeah there's a lot of tripping genes. in the show like a lot yeah the intro makes more sense after you get to episode four that's why the intro is all like psychedelic and weird i get it now mm-hmm. and uh, it's a you know crafty little mystery weird little thriller thing well, everyone it's in the it same uh, author it's the same author as big little lies yeah and there seems to be this connection between kidman david e kelly and that author and they're just like developing everything she's ever written essentially but yeah the writing has been solid and all of that stuff for me i've really enjoyed everything from this author so far you guys don't seem like super jacked about where this show goes though you were you were on the the chatters on, on the chat oh, devices saying oh, like oh my god no it's it... no, no yeah we're just trying to like not give anything away oh, okay all right by just kind of not talking about it because it's tough to mention anything because there's kind of a lot of twists and turns especially toward the end but <clears throat> uh, mccarthy is great uh shannon of course is fucking kills it um that was great and then i watched uh the other one it's on netflix i think uh midnight mass Oh, I saw, I saw that on the uh, screensavers. Yeah, it's uh, seven episodes, so it's pretty pretty quick watch. Um, also, very interesting and unique. You know, a guy experiences like some real tragic moment in his life. He ends up killing a girl in a drunk driving accident. He goes to jail, feels totally guilty about it. Doesn't try to fight it. Doesn't try to blame anything. Totally accepts it. And when he gets out of jail, he goes back to his like super small island mariner town that he grew up in that's like slowly dying and while he's there a there there the, the priest of the island is sent away on some sort of like religious journey and he's super old and he ends up getting sick and so a younger priest comes to the island and is replaced as a, as a replacement because they're catholic so they you know they top down they send people out to replace people and he's super cool and interesting and starts to revive the sort of religion and fervor and life of the island. But then shit is also like super weird and crazy and dark at the same time. And then I'll leave it there so that I don't give too much away. It's just very interesting because kind of no matter where you are in terms of religion, like whether you are super religious yourself or you hate it or it triggers you or it doesn't trigger you, you're indifferent. I feel like everybody can kind of come in on this because... I don't know, it represents religion in a very smart and intelligent way that brings it closer to like a secular, uh, it's hard to explain. Regardless, it doesn't seem to offend from any level in the religious sense. It kind of represents a bunch of religions at once. Everything that they talk about, even though the show gets very, very religious in terms of all of its dogma and themes and stuff like that, it's all very, very interesting because it's written so well. So... And then it just has like a very, very peculiar and violent nature to it that you don't expect. So there's a lot of like cool little shock moments as well. But I found just a lot of the conversations and sermons that took place in it were like captivating. And I don't usually think that about things. So you're saying that it executes? It does execute. <clears throat> okay. And it's short enough to where, you know, you no, don't you've, feel you've sold me. You waste your time. You've sold me. I'm interested. I'm interested. It is a... A mini series, so it doesn't have any season two or anything either, right? This is just like, yeah, God knows what they'll, they'll probably try to make something out of yeah. it, but yeah, it's only supposed to be this one, I think. Cool. Well, intern visited us 
recently, and we uh, we powered through season two of Better Call Saul. And he's expressed his love for several TV shows that are coming out, and he's excited about them. So I think he's back on board with TV now. Bob Odenkirk is back on set. Yeah, thank God. So. No, for nothing too. <clears throat> no, for Better Call Saul. See, no, Better Call Saul is the only thing that matters, Daniel. Okay. <laughs> Season six. Yeah, yeah. For a guy that hates TV, that's like all he talked about when he was here. He was like, "Oh, Foundation. Oh, oh Wheel of Time. Oh, oh. Those are TV yep. shows. Yeah, I know. And you don't see the hypocrisy? No. Oh, okay. Eight episodes. Whatever. That's that's enough. I'm just so you're done with a mini series. Yeah. Uh, I I do have a soft spot for mini series. Yes. Well, okay. Okay. Interesting. You're a hypocrite. Is basically yeah. what's you're happening. You're a liar. I you're a liar. am such a hypocrite. Yes. I just love it. <laughs> I love exuding hypocrisy. Yeah. Uh huh. We know. Yeah. Yeah. We're aware. Yeah. I need to do some um, burdenless maintenance. Oh. Right, yeah, the burden list update, uh, guys. <laughs> that's that's the thing. We've got things. Uh, we got things to tell you. Moving uh, and shaking and yeah, coming and going. Yeah, we had an emergency meeting of the executives of uh, Sad Sack Studios, and they did uh, they did some maintenance. They did some work on the burden list. They're trying to bring the burden list back into relevance. So, Amanda, please, you know, tell the gentleman what has occurred. Well, first of all, for my own burden list, I would like to remove two items. I watched The Count of Monte Cristo, and I watched When Harry Met Sally. Um, no need to go into any great depth on either one of them, other than to say they're both fantastic. The opening scene of uh, When Harry Met Sally, I paused it, turned to Daniel, and I said, oh, I get why Nathan likes this movie so much. I'm sure as a young person, he really wanted to be this version of Billy Crystal. And Daniel said, Absolutely. Um, both fantastic. Had a great time with them. Cried a lot. Um, really, really good. So anyway, that's did, mine. Did you need to take shots, though, at me? That's not a shot. Billy Crystal is the most charming and sexy he's ever been in that movie. That's not a shot. Yeah, she also turned to me and was like, oh, my God, this is the only time Billy Crystal's ever looked like a person that you could have sex with. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. City Slickers as well. Yeah, well, he's more like a like a cute dad, I think. Like to me, anyway. Yeah. This is the first time I was like, "Oh, Billy." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Billy. You had seen Harry Met Sally before, though, right, Daniel? Like, not since I was little. Okay. My sister loved it, so it was on all the time. All right. And the famous scene we all know. Oh. Ooh. Yes. Yes. In the middle of a deli, it's great. Yeah. What I had forgotten about that scene was like how psychotically far she takes it. Oh yeah. yeah. Like I thought it was like okay, like she does it a little bit until people can start to hear and look over, and then <laughs> where it cuts off, and it's like no, the whole place is basically about to stand and applaud because she just steals yeah. the show for like yeah. ten solid minutes. Yeah, gets so uncomfortable. Yeah, that's that's a it's a unique movie. It's like a it's like. If a Woody Allen movie was good, you know, there yes. are plenty of good Woody Allen movies. Stop it! I was making not, a joke. Not the same way. Can you take it when I make jokes? Can you just roll with it? Not, Jesus not even a Christ. little bit. Kind of like hypocrisy. a it's like a nihilistic '90s rom-com starring a young version of your parents. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. 
That's strange. I don't know if I'm with them with that. Carry on with the burden list update, Amanda, please. Um, okay. So then we decided that the interns list, while we didn't want to do him any favors per se, we will sort of grant that it had gone off the rails of, I don't know, reasonable, even for us. Sasquatch again. And because it seems like there's no chance of him actually even watching them. We've decided to, do we reset the whole thing, Nathan? Well, I think we generally felt that in order for the burden list to be resurrected, if it is to be resurrected, then it needs to be achievable. The movies have right. to be something that they'll actually watch. Like Daniel's was out of control. There was too many movies on there. Yep. And mine, I had some stupid... Uh, Bigfoot thing that in turn retaliated. Like we just retaliated against each other to the point where we just didn't care. We're like, no, it's the burden is too great. It It became punishment lists. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, my burden list retained laser team, but the other stupid movie that intern put on there uh, is gone by executive order. And Amanda that stupid movie is a TPP lineup movie. That's fine. It's one of the originals. It's fine. Um, And she has added, a second movie, uh, it's The Slums of Beverly Hills. So I haven't I watched. I thought hadn't seen it. I haven't watched either of these yet, but I now feel that this is achievable. And uh, yeah, in turn, all of your uh, Sasquatch stuff is gone, and now you have uh, Shang Chi and <laughs> and Cruella. Oh, the Legend of the Ten Rings and a hundred and one dogs. Right. So Shang Chi's on a lineup, so you're going to watch it anyway. And Cruella is a is a Disney movie, which we know you love. So, well, I do like Emma Stone. Yeah, I there know. you go. Yeah. So it's doable. That's uh, very doable. <clears throat> and Daniels, we shrunk it down to two. We chose uh, Midnight Special with uh, Michael Shannon and Zootopia because. Uh, Amanda thought that you would probably watch this with Daphne. So yeah, I he was gonna leave something else on there, and I was like, "No, nah, leave Zootopia." <clears throat> he might turn that on with the kid. So yeah, so we're trying to make it doable, but we have yet to decide uh, when you watch a movie. Like Amanda's just watched two movies, so I don't know if we start any retribution right now. But I think maybe the idea is if you watch a movie, you get to choose one other person to add a movie to their list. One one movie, one person. What do you think, Amanda? I think that that's I think that's fun. I think that's fair. Do you feel that you should uh, be able to bank two uh, burdens for the movies you've watched, or would you like to have that start now? Oh well, I mean, I mean, I put slums on your list, so I'm good. Okay, all right. Well, there we have it. So the remaining movies on Amanda's list now are Predator, Boogie Nights, and Unforgiven. Not bad. If I had that burden list, I would be really happy. <laughs> I'd be a very happy, happy man. Does this mean that like I can't? ever again put a sasquatch movie on bird on in terms list <laughs> it just has to be reasonable for him to actually watch it yeah what's what is what does that mean it has to be uh, something that you've seen a lot all those movies available. none of us had seen yeah. that's that's a, that's illegal okay so you have to have seen it yeah yeah okay so well, that, that still leaves it pretty wide open so. <laughs> <laughs> although Damn. i guess none of us have seen Shang chi i've seen cruella oh, okay. so well, Shang-Chi's on a lineup, so it's fine. On a lineup, so he's going to see it anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just I pictured Daniel saying, well, I guess I know what I'm watching tonight. <laughs> Get into some Sasquatch later. <sighs> okay, I got a, a new little thing prepared for you guys. <clears throat> We're going to do it under, under Roxy's banner. 
Daniel, there are some really important questions that Nathan needs to ask you. <laughs> Did you miss Roxy? It's been a while. It has been a while. The uh, fun little game that I have prepared for you guys tonight is a is a filling in the blanks game. Uh, Daniel, you're up first. Okay, exciting. Okay, here we go. Blank two. Marlon Wayans thinks a sequel is more necessary than ever. I know this. Requiem for a dream. No. <laughs> oh, what? White Chicks. Amanda is correct. White Chicks 2. Marlon Wayans thinks a sequel is more necessary now than ever. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the movie is so racist. Uh, this one was prepared for Amanda. We'll see if she can get two in a row here. Uh, Nicholas Cage is set to star in his very first blank. Um, documentary? No. No, then I don't know. Telenovela. <laughs> no. Uh, he's set to star in his very first Western. Oh. Has he, he's never done he's a never Western? Done a we- that's the thing. I was like, what could he possibly have not done? And I was like, a documentary about himself. Yeah, I forget what it's called, but yeah, he's working on a Western right now. Interesting. Uh, intern, Christopher Nolan's next movie will be about the blank. Manhattan Project. Oh, fuck. He got it. <clears throat> okay. It's about oh, that. really? Yeah. Yay. Yeah. That'll be fun. Yeah. Or it do, it does maybe really long and just a little bit vague. Or just no, like I think it's going to be good. Depressing. Yeah. It's going to be about all these scientists who make the A-bomb and then want to kill themselves because they did the world a disservice. Or the movie will open up with the A-bomb already created, and then it'll be about people uh, reversing time to go back to the Manhattan <laughs> Project. No, it's not, not going to be like, like the movie from the 80s where like the, the, they make like a battleship like disappear and reappear in the future. <laughs> and a couple of guys, a couple of Navy guys are on board during the experiment. They don't, they don't get off in time. And they're like wondering, wondering around like, what happened? I think that's called the final countdown. Yes, it yeah. is. Yeah. When, back when I ran a video store, there was an old guy, a regular, regular customer that used to come in and he would, he would uh, pump that movie's tires. Oh, you got to watch. Oh, it's great. That's great. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> I never did. Yeah, it's not. Like, it's not great. <laughs> round two, final round. Daniel. Hellraiser reboot now filming features jaw dropping blank. Comedy, <laughs> romance, <laughs> drama. I thought you might get this one, but no, no, you didn't. Like rape? What is it? Hellraiser reboot now filming features jaw dropping cenobites. Well, good. Mm-hmm. I'm glad. Well, I want some cenobites to come back. Although, is, is this a reboot? I have. I feel like the last ten years, it's just like a swirling miasma of reboots and it's a, new. It's projects. a reboot, and Clive Barker's involved. Because the last one was like not a reboot; it was a sequel. It seemed, or floating by itself. No, this is a full-on Clive Barker's involved reboot. He won. Okay. The, he won the lawsuit, and they initiated the reboot. Well, I'm ready. I know you're ready. I thought you were excited. I didn't realize I had to tell you about everything again, and then. That's because I can't keep track. I think it's like I keep thinking it's like when they talk about finding water on Mars. I'm like, yeah, haven't we been doing that for like 20 years? (laughs) 
but I'm ready. I've torn uh, circles around my nipples from my vinyl chest okay. piece, right, okay. and right. I've uh, put fish hooks through my nips. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> ready. All right. Man, pain is wonderful. I saw that uh, that Rick and Morty episode with the Cenobites. Did you see that? Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, okay, Amanda. <clears throat> Nicholas Cage never wants to blank. Never wants to go to space? I don't know. What does he not want to do? I feel like he wants to do everything. He never wants to retire. Oh, of Good. course not. Good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, not that, no, that phony he bullshit will, retiring. He will die on set. <clears throat> it was a recent interview. Uh, okay. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Has... Has has uh, Nicholas Cage ever done a movie where he's like his own twin adaptation? Oh, you go. Oh, fuck yeah, you're right. I love adaptation. Man, I'm an idiot. I was thinking more in the vein of like an '80s comedy, but yeah, <laughs> you're right. No. Yeah, and he's about to play himself in a movie as well with the, the unbearable. Uh, way if of they ever rebooted Multiplicity, Nicholas Cage would be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> a gritty reboot of Multiplicity. <laughs> I think he needs to start. No, he just needs to start showing up in uh, these big franchises. He'd be perfect for Fast and Furious. He'd be perfect for a Marvel character. Yeah, Yeah, totally. It's time. It's time. And in turn, finally, a new report reveals that Christopher Nolan's tenant lost Warner Brothers blank million dollars. This will be a guess, but 237. No, no, it wasn't that bad. It was 50. Oh. But yeah, that's nothing. No, honestly, I feel like that movie would have bombed regardless of the pandemic because people would go to it and they would have been like marketing money, though. Yeah. But I mean, the first weekend, it would have made way more money than it did without it. But after that, I mean, nobody's going to say, yeah, go watch it. It was amazing because it wasn't. It was confusing and dumb. I think once you get past the fact that he did the sound so that you intentionally cannot hear them talking. Uh, once you accept that, it's it's a much better film. I love listening to just like mumbling. Yeah, I love a movie yeah. where the director, <clears throat> right? because it's so convoluted, is like, you know what? Let's just artistically make it so that you definitely can't understand what's happening in this movie. Jerk off <laughs> session. <laughs> Fuck you. It's like uh, he watched a Robert Altman movie and was like, you know, you know how he does all this thing with sound and you can hear everyone talking. I'm going to do the exact opposite of that. Yeah. It's like at the soundboard late one night, frustrated. You know what? They don't, they don't deserve to know. It just turns it down. <laughs> well, you don't, you don't, you're not supposed to know anything. Isn't that the whole point? I don't know. I haven't seen it. And I'm not going to be confused before, during and after watching a movie. Yeah. It's consistent at least. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Amanda, don't do it. Or if you do do it, please give us like a detailed commentary after. Because <clears throat> I think that you would, uh, your rant after watching Tenet would be worth paying admission to. Oh, I'd probably just like live chat it. <laughs> like yeah. complain throughout. Please, please do. Uh, yeah, hate watch it. That would be the best way to go, I think, there. Okay. Um. Yeah, so. Rapid I fire. Don't, I don't know. No, I don't have any anything else. No. Um. I mean, I could do some off the cuff, but I think it's better if we just focus on the greatness of this lineup for a few seconds, just because I don't know if you guys know, but 
I mean, last episode, I really went to town talking about a movie that, (laughs) well, you know, it had Jake in it. And I told you that it was going to be in a lineup. And I didn't know, I didn't know that it was going to come to fruition this quickly. But Jake is headlining tonight. And in episode 135, I'm suspicious. (laughs) I feel like I'm being programmed right now. I mean, we had the big conversation about the Hey Jake. Hey, hey, Jake. Hey, Jake. We talked about Jake, and we talked about all the other people in this movie, and we talked about how Nick Pizzolatto is involved, and we talked about how great it's going to be, and now we get to really dig our dig our teeth in. So I've created a special battle cry tonight uh, for tonight's exciting uh, lineup that Jake is headlining. <laughs> and uh, I would like to welcome you uh, to the lineup tonight, guys. Are you ready? I've never seen Training Day. Well, now I have to watch. Now I have so to watch. Jason. I have to watch the slums of Beverly Hills so I can immediately put up uh, Training Day after. Oh Jesus! <clears throat> I think I'm going to be burdening things to Amanda most of the time. You guys are safe. Hey, hey, Jake! Hey, Jake! So there's never a time when you're not at least a little bit aroused by Gyllenhaal. I think I'm ready to put uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's penis in my mouth. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> I like Jake Gyllenhaal as an actor. I think maybe Jake Gyllenhaal win an Oscar. Hey, hey, Jake! Put your dick <laughs> in my mouth, Jake. Headlining tonight, we have The Guilty. my mouth Jake. <laughs> and uh, nathan is the guilty <laughs> chelsea's clip it like has to be out of context <laughs> it's so hard cut is there an oscar <laughs> oh yeah it's cut poorly you know? i concur um all right <laughs> the guilty here we go 911, this is emergency operator 625. I've just interrupted. Okay, sir, I don't even know where you are. Last name? This is the fire department. No, ma'am, you've reached 911, but I can connect you to fire. Just hold the line. What does she look like? She was tall, pink hair, in heels. Hey, man, can you tell me how long it's going to take? 911, what is the address of your emergency? I just want to talk to you. Okay, I'm hanging out. Just out for a drive, sweetie, okay? Is there someone with you? Uh-huh. Is the person you would know you called us? No. Who do they think you called? Your child? Yes, sweetie. Does the person you're with have a weapon? Yes. I need the color of the car, okay? When I say the right one, say it's fine. Red? White? It's fine. Is it a car? No, man. What? No, just yes or no, just yes or no answers, Emma. I'm sorry, I have to hang on. Give me the phone right now. I'm gonna die. I have a woman who's been abducted. What are we looking for? A white van. That's not enough. Come on! Mommy? I just talked to your mommy. She's going to be okay. Can you promise? I promise. Do you have air support available? Negative. Air support is grounded due to fire weather. There is a scared little girl 
whose mother has been abducted. I need a better location. I'll get it. How will you get it? I know Emily is with you. Where are you going? What's going on? Oh my god. Really, PD, we need medical immediately. What's going on? Is your seatbelt on? No. Is Henry? Come on. No. What year's on? Now listen. I need you to pull the handbrake hard. Pull it. Nathan, the guilty, worried or excited. Wow. Oh my god. (laughs) Looks great. One hour and 30 minutes. It's just Jake the whole time. An hour and 30 minutes of Jake. Shot in just 11 days during October 2020 due to the COVID-19 pandemic. This, everybody else that's in this movie is a voice, pretty much. Except for the guys in the background, I guess. Uh, that's, uh, That's a challenge. That's an acting challenge. You know what? My boy Jakey steps up to the acting challenges. They uh, they like to talk about this movie that it it is a remake of a Danish movie from 2018 got a lot of buzz as well just a unique idea some of the great actors in history they need to step up to the plate and do movies that the cameras just on them the whole time carry it do it do I think you can do it of course I do do I think everybody should be excited about it yes do all the comments on the YouTube uh, trailer are they all positive absolutely they're all jizzing about Jake because Jake is going to be you know all these pretentious egomaniac actors you don't get any of that from jake he's just doing work trying to make fun good movies and trying to do new things so yeah there's no reason to be upset here there's only reasons to be happy and like intern said earlier i'm so excited i've never been more excited in my life this is the best lineup ever you did it congratulations so there you go wow (laughs) wow yeah. Uh, talk about poor cutting. <laughs> yeah, well there's the one part in the in the trailer that's obviously cut poorly where it's just like he's in a white van. That's not enough. Come on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that part's a little weak. But other than that, 100% solid here. That uh, sounds exactly like some Pizzolatto writing. It's you know? a remake of a Danish film. All he had to do was translate it from another language. How how much damage could Pizzolatto have done? Oh, a lot. And learning that it's like mostly just him now, it makes it all the more interesting that there's so much full frontal nudity. What are I you don't talk- think that 911 call centers are that nice. Hmm. Like well, he's in a very nice facility. Well, he's, oh, you mean the facility itself? Yeah, well, what are you going to do? And it's almost exclusively middle-aged women. Yeah. What is almost exclusive? Oh, you mean people who are on the mm-hmm. the yeah. calls? Well, he's, he says uh, in the synopsis that he's a demoted police officer. So he's like serving so some kind of... like riding the desk as punishment for yeah, something. Yeah, disciplinary action of some kind. I will say that he looks excellent. Mm-hmm. Like his physique for, is very good this time. Am I excited about 90 straight minutes of Jake sweating indoors. I don't know. It's about the the drama of him on the phone and trying to handle somebody's concerns and being stressed out about it. You don't find that appealing? But there's more than meets the eye, Nathan. 
I went, I want it to be good. And I believe that it will be on Netflix. It is on Netflix right now. It's available already. Yeah. After this episode, we can go watch it. Okay. <laughs> Netflix party. Um. Yeah. I mean, sure. Why not? There you sure. Go. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, guilty. Guilty of excitement. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what if he's on the phone? I mean, hey, intern brought up Pizzolatto, right? Like, what if there's some edge to this movie too? Like, what if he's on the phone with, you know, he gets on the phone with the kidnapper or something? Maybe, maybe the kidnapper gets on the phone, and then he could be like. You ever bully or hurt anybody again? I'll come back and butt fuck your father with your mom's headless corpse on this goddamn lawn. You lay it down. <laughs> That's a weird Where line. Are your shoes? <laughs> <laughs> well, I had to do the Pizzolatto joke. I almost forgot. I almost forgot. He's okay, on the line so... with the kidnapper. He's just like, what, do, what, what can I do? What, what can I do to help? I take, take, take my pants off? Will that help? <laughs> I take my pants off? Will that help? And he's just like taking his pants off. <laughs> uh... Intern? I want to uh, spit out some numbers here. Okay. Seven. And this is going to go hand in hand with the uh, acting challenge Seven. that uh, your boy Jake is going to go through here by acting with himself. Um, there are 17 characters in this movie. All Nine of them are voice acting and eight of them are on screen. In the background. Are on screen. Have you watched this movie? I can neither confirm nor deny you did you've already watched but i have watched you anything. watched this you've seen it admit it what you spoiled the lineup i did no such <laughs> thing i'm so excited for the guilty this what? is the greatest lineup that's ever happened why? are you saying it's not just jay why why can't you just confirm uh, whether you've seen it or not just say if you've seen it or not yeah i i watched it yesterday oh okay does he get nude at all how big is it? It's pretty big. I mean, well, I mean, don't like use yourself as reference. Yeah. Well, does he does he call it Jacob? <laughs> Jacob. It's my big Jacob. You know how people have like their little their little friend. Uh huh. He's got his, his is a big one. Okay. He's my big buddy, Jacob. I turned gay. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> the clip i have of you saying that you turned gay oh <laughs> i thought it fit in this situation yeah because you're sitting here talking about jake gyllenhaal's penis instead of just talking about how great the movie is but anyway you yep. were excited well, you were excited about this movie because you watched it day one so therefore that means you were uh, excited this trailer gave me goose flesh or goosebumps or bird skin whatever don't, you want to call don't it don't ever <laughs> say goose flesh to me again <laughs> Dino, are you excited about this movie? <laughs> Goose flesh. Bird skin. What is that? It's all the same shit. Yeah. It's all the same thing. Yeah, if you're a serial killer. <laughs> Goosebumps. Bird skin. Bird skin. You know, like a plecked poultry carcass. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he's thinking. Yeah. That's what That's he's exactly doing. exactly like what I had. Oh, God. Uh, I don't know. Goose I guess the turns excited about this. And yeah, he's already seen he, it. He's excited. Um, I, the, what, the, the thing that kind of saved it a little bit for me, because it did kind of get the notion that it, this was, because I, I didn't like that Tom Hardy one that was like this. Yeah, no. Raising the car. I didn't really like that one. Yeah, but, but Tom Hardy doesn't have the appeal and the acting command that uh, Gyllenhaal does. He's always doing some weird fucking voice. Tom Hardy. 
Everything that's, he does. Um, that's true. I like him, but I'm not really part of like the Hardy Party. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you can't say worried, so just say you're excited. We'll move on. Okay. Yeah. It's really it's just because I hope I hope that that the, it is a larger story. I really don't just want him to like help a, a, from afar, off screen, some kidnapped woman and her kid, and you're just like hearing it all through the phone. I hope it's something like that's actually a trick. And there's some like deeper aspect of his life that this is being used to come and get him at the station itself. That'd be more interesting. So I'm hoping for that exciting. All right. Excellent. Let's move on. Trailer number two uh, tonight stars Jake Gyllenhaal, and it's called The Guilty. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. We're watching the movie for the rest of this podcast. Yeah, Yeah, I'm not even recording. Um I'm the movie, it's, it's the same trailer, but you just put like really cheap, spooky music behind it. <laughs> Bunch of production edits. Like, come on, come on. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, no, this is called The Beta Test. And this stars our friend, friend of the podcast, Jim Cummings. You will know him from Thunder Road and The Wolf of Snow Hollow. Oh, right. The beta test. Here we go. A couple of weeks ago, I got a letter in the mail inviting me to a no strings attached sexual encounter in a hotel room. It's pretty card, looked official. I don't know. I was stupid. I went. What? Dude, this is nuts. I'd wear a blindfold, but the woman, I can't even tell you. Wait, 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 wait. What's going on here? Hold on. Wait, this is really happening? You really did this? In this climate? Dude, this could be anybody. All those clicks, all those likes from then, all the way till now, that's all been saved by these companies. It's the ultimate clickbait, thirst trap. Now I'm suspicious of everyone. Maybe it's your wife. Maybe it's my wife. Are you doing this to me? No. Be honest with me. I am honest. This is not one of your fake relationships. I am your fiance. Engage with me. Okay. Hey, there he is. Hi, my name is Jordan Hines. I'm an ex-lieutenant. I never come down here. My rent is always on time. I'm one of those guys you never have to worry about. I didn't complain when people started Airbnb-ing out their apartments or when the hot tub was cold for a month. I'm not uncomfortable. My clients enjoy spending time with me. How are you going to look tomorrow when you come in? How are you going to convince me today that you're better at your job tomorrow, Jacqueline? Amanda, worried or excited? Um, wow. Uh, it started off. Okay. Um, okay. This is a lot for me because. I think I think I'm really excited, but I didn't think I was going to get this excited until the trailer kept going on. Um, because at first I was like, "Oh, is it not funny? It doesn't seem to have his like quippy, funny, crazy sort of erratic quality that he had in Wolf, the Wolf movie that I really loved." 
And so I'm not sure that I'm going to buy this um, actor in this role. But then it just like really continued to escalate and get more and more tense. And I felt very uncomfortable and I really want to see it. (laughs) I don't really know how to describe what I'm feeling other than deep interest. And he's just so he's really good. Who is this guy? I mean, it's it's weird, right? He's like he's like weirdly mastered the indie movie. I guess I don't know because his movies still have that quality feel to them. They still have that like indie movie vibe, but then he's so captivating, and then it's written so well. And then like like you were saying, I had a similar feeling. But the beginning of the trailer, I was like, oh, are we, are we slowing things down for this? We're being a little bit more serious. But then by the end, you can totally see the scenarios arise that you're wanting, which allows him to be like. <laughs> a frustrated screaming maniac but i don't think it's gonna be funny maybe not we'll see <clears throat> yeah, also, I, mean, maybe... now. I just i just want to say you all what you need to how are you going to convince me today that i'll be excited tomorrow <sighs> what sell me oh. this excitement <laughs> right <No. laughs> he's making he's making a joke it's not bad it's not bad i wasn't ready for it um i got a i kind of got lost on reddit with this because like, I love the guy for all the reasons you guys said. And also, I think that this could be, I think I think you watch Thunder Road and I think you watch Snow Hollow and you're like, oh man, this could go further. Like you, you want his unhinged like irritation to just reach a height. You want it to build and build and build until he fucking snaps and loses it. And I think that this could be satisfying that desire. <laughs> or at least I hope it is. But <clears throat> I got lost on Reddit because... I was reading the Reddit comments for the trailer and Jim Cummings interacts with people. Oh, wow. Like there's a guy that said after snow, after Wolf of Snow Hollow, I would follow Jim Cummings into hell. And then he replied to them and said, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> That's <such> an ominous. <laughs> yeah. And then he kept chatting with them after that. But there's, I went to his Reddit page and, and just, he's got uh, a pinned, Reddit post about Thunder Road being um, being uh, distributed by Drafthouse, and he was just thanking them for taking a chance on him because he he bet on himself. This guy he found the funding to make Thunder Road. He wrote it himself. He directed it himself, and he got Draft Alamo Drafthouse picked it up. Like you're saying that he may have mastered the independent movie, but that's like just that's so great that somebody said fuck you to the you know, the regular rotation and just made a movie himself and it's actually entertaining and he's actually getting better at it and, you know, doing it without all the other Hollywood production stuff. And in this one, he's making fun of Hollywood. He's playing a Hollywood agent that loses control. And one of the trivia things on this IMDb page is that some of the scariest dialogue is repeated verbatim from testimony given to the filmmakers by 11 assistants, agents, and ex-agents of the four largest agencies in Hollywood. Wow. So he's taking shots at Hollywood okay. after being this independent movie guy while also possibly creating like his masterpiece of freaking out, which is, ah, I'm excited. I'm excited. It looks really good. Yeah, I'm also excited. Intern. I am alpha excited. Did we convince you to be excited today and tomorrow? Uh. I am overwhelmed with excitement. Oh wow! For tomorrow, excellent. Okay, the fulcrum. There's someone inside your house. 
there's someone inside your house. Here we go. Look, it's pretty obvious here. You're a good kid. There's a lot of pressure to be perfect. Sometimes it's easier to be ourselves around strangers than our own friends. You had no relationship with Jackson? No. on the field of life. Hope they're serving fireball up in paradise, brother. Now I want to die. Doesn't make sense, you know? Why would the killer go after Jackson? Got secrets. Careful out there, friend. Crazy people in this town. I have a secret. I accidentally ran over a hitchhiker and dumped his body into the ocean. Is that bad? I just Shit, there's someone wearing Rodrigo's face! Just are who you are. You don't have any secrets. You can't hide anything anymore. For Connie, I know who you are. Whatever little game this is. You know my secret. Hi, the killer is here. He's wearing a mask on my face and he's forcing me to record offensive hate speech at night. All right, Daniel, you worried or excited about there's someone inside your house? <clears throat> This was an interesting trailer for me. It's um, it makes me it gives me a, it gives me a, a, a peculiar vibe, and the reason I say peculiar is because I'm excited for this movie, but almost not for myself. Almost more for like the young, the generation just below me. I feel like this movie has maybe a possibility of being a very scream esque milestone for the generation below. Um, it, it might just be generally fun, uh, a fun watch for anybody. So I'm going to go ahead and put my excitement stamp on it. It's got the Stranger Things people. It's from, did it say from the Conjuring universe? Yeah, I think it might just be producer level though. Yeah. Sure. But it, from the, that's usually not, usually they say with, from the producers of, but they said from the Conjuring universe, which is weird because that's not a Netflix, but, but the franchise is not a Netflix franchise. So it's odd for them to do a piece within the set. Okay, whatever. I don't think it's in the. Con- I don't think it's part of. I don't think this movie exists in the Conjuring universe. I don't think that's what that was saying. It says from the producers of Stranger Things and the Conjuring universe. From the producers of the Conjuring universe. Okay, okay, well, that's an odd way to write that. Um, I'm changing it to worried. Right, <laughs> it, it kind of feels like Scream mixed with Halloween. Um, Oh, see, I'm sort of getting a Final Destination vibe or 
No. Oh, no, I know what you did last I'm summer. I'm getting in and I know what you did last summer. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe I know what you did last summer. Yeah. Yes, that might be a little bit more appropriate. A little bit of some, some like revenge killings, you know, being a fraud and getting called out. That's a very like high school adolescence uh, concept and theme, which is why I kind of got this whole scream. But I think I know what you did last summer is a better, more accurate uh, vibe. I think you're right. I, mean, but, <clears throat> um, I usually am. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And it looks like it's got it's gonna have the the, the modern factor. It's gonna have some like synth music. It's gonna have, I think, a more graphic violence than you might expect, just because we've, we've kind of gotten used to that, especially with streaming services not really having any rating uh, issues. Um, so yeah, I have a weird pit of my belly excitement for this. Like I'm to me, it's just kind of like another teenage slasher. So I'll probably just watch it one night when I'm bored. So I'm going to say excited, but it's more just for the next generation. I feel like this might have some quality to it. I could be wrong and embarrass myself, but that, that's what I was getting excited. Hmm. Why don't we throw it over to intern? Get some early feedback from the from the depths from the meanie. Yeah, yeah. From the guy I, who's going to. Uh... Hey, hey! You're too excited, Zin. I just want to remind you that you're too excited, Zin, and there's no need to just crap all over yourself. Okay. Go ahead. I just want to shard all over this place. Go ahead. I really want to listen to the soundtrack. Mm. Um, I really want to listen to the soundtrack. It did sound good. And I have concerns. <laughs> oh my gosh. It looks like it's going to be a really great mediocre movie that I will forget about 10 minutes after I watch it. Very possible. Yeah, uh, could be. I'm gonna say I'm hesitantly worried. Oh, you just said you wanted to shard. What a hypocrite! Well, it's impossible. Yeah. Okay. Don't worry. I could I could make a lineup that you would shard, but it would put everyone to sleep. Oh, I know. Everyone else would be really worried. <laughs> okay, Amanda, no, it, you have it, any additional intern, feedback here? Intern, I do tend to like horseshoe on the back end of like if you're gonna go bad go full bad so you know you might be able to shoehorn something in there for intern on an all intern episode that might appeal to me on, on at least in a singular sense i should do a lost trailers episode the intern the intern lineup <laughs> just, just like the red shoes and i would guarantee you piano. i would guarantee you a shard from him he would not be able to lie his way through it <clears throat> the, the red balloon uh oh I, no we should do it I'm going to give some serious thought to this. <laughs> I'm bored just thinking about movies that intern would like. I know, right? <laughs> I know. No, this movie looks great. Oh, it's such a great episode. That uh, my everyone got. falls asleep while I let jizz <laughs> all over the place. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. No, you're right. You're right, Amanda. It does look, uh, it looks fun, right? I mean, it looks fun. Halloween's coming up, right? Exactly. It'll be, it, yes. Do I think it's something that I'm going to like remember five years from now? No, but it looks like a good time. You know, not everything has to be, you know, fucking Oscar worthy. Damn it. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll, I reciprocate. I think that Halloween's coming and uh, Chelsea always wants to watch horror movies leading up to Halloween in October. So this is like a new fun horror movie can be a part of that i'm Did excited watch the fear streets oh not yet no they're okay wow well, we didn't watch the third one there's some more 
But there you go. They're okay in the go. same vein. Yeah. Excellent. I also want to take a moment here. Sorry. Oh, I was distracted by the first night music swelling downstairs. Um, <clears throat> I want to take a moment and talk about the Netflix trailers. Because back when Netflix first started making trailers, I felt like, you know, they were just figuring it out. Like stumbling around in the, in the dark. Didn't know how to make a trailer. It's like It's like we're watching them grow up. Like... The first trailers they made were garbage. And now... Like they even tried. Yeah. Yeah. Like you couldn't even tell what the movie was about. It was kind of all over. Like what, those scenes don't make any sense putting in the trailer. No, and, it, was, it was either they summarized the entire film, including the ending. Yeah. Or, or they just gave you like the first literal two minutes of the movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And now they're, they're really taking it seriously and they're getting better at their craft. Like The Guilty was a great trailer. That was Netflix. This was a great trailer. Great music selection but they're just too long so i think that too long, yeah. yeah maybe in a couple more years netflix the the evolution of the netflix trailer will be like complete and they'll they'll learn how to trim it back a bit but they just keep getting better uh trailer number four is also from netflix it stars uh intern's favorite actor uh somebody was retired the rock oh, oh god i'm so worried Fuck. Let's just kill ourselves. <laughs> it's it's called Red Notice. The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin in a buddy cop movie. <laughs> Wait, what's it called again? Red Nation? Red Red Notice. Red Notice. Here we go. Special Agent John Hartley, FBI. Been tracking your scores for a while now. Every city, every heist. Now that you've been tagged with red notices, you've become the world's most wanted criminals. And I'm the only one who can bring you in. Where'd you get that jacket? It's a statement piece. Somewhere there's a very nude cow whispering. Worth it. Looking for something specific or just browsing? You're under arrest. Oh my God. Read the room. Girls will keep the secrets. You want to arrest me? So boys make a noise. Arrest me. I just want the egg. Yeah. Help me catch her and I will help you. Teamwork. You know we get there. Team, team, team. It feels weird in my mouth. Hello, boys. How's it going with your partner in crime? We're work wives. We're not work wives. We're sister, sister wives. We're not any kind of wives. 
both know that this whole thing is going to end with you in handcuffs. Promises. Promises. John Hartley. <clears throat> oh man, I'm gonna go ahead and keep this to myself. Daniel, worried or excited? Not <laughs> for sure. You're going to intern. <laughs> um. Well, first of all, wasn't really paying that much attention until Ryan Reynolds popped in, and I was like, okay, so we're doing one of these things. Um. <laughs> Also, after it kind of gelled, I was all, I was, it kind of felt like a weird spiritual successor or even remake of True Lies since we were just talking about it. Did you say more successful than True Lies? No, no, no. Like a spiritual successor or some sort of remake or something of True Lies, like a modern take. They've got the big goon and then a Gal Gadot who they could have easily have made up to, to be like nerdier and then transition. And then Ryan Reynolds doing the Tom Arnold stick that's not what was going on but that's like the kind of vibe i got after a while um i didn't get that vibe I, i'm trying to understand where you're coming from it's i don't i don't know my thing is that when it opens up and he's like agent john hartley fbi i immediately like started thinking about parks and rec and uh chris pratt like yeah. burt burt macklin fbi i'm like whoa that's terrible Agent John Hartley. They all got 20 million bucks for this. Netflix is just like... 20 million bucks a piece for this movie? <laughs> They're just throwing money around like assholes. That is so much money for a fucking... That just just for... Wow. $60 million yeah. for just for, the, for yeah. them. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I mean, I kind of... Okay, the, the true lies thing. Let's, let's explore this here. Um, well, he's not like a secret agent, though. You know? He's no, never... you're, that's why I'm saying spiritual successor. You're okay. thinking too congruously. Like this is okay. All right. Well, no, he is. Dwayne Rock is the modern day Arnold Schwarzenegger. So there's yeah. definitely an automatic comparison there. And um, yeah, Ryan Reynolds is yeah, like it could I, be Tom Arnold type. Yeah, it could be. I yeah, I hear what you're saying. <laughs> and I want to say that everybody in this movie is being paid twenty million dollars to just be them. They're not like all of these <laughs> actors are just. That's what they do. They have this persona that's just them. I have a question, and it this may take everyone off guard a little bit, but okay. Can anyone name a Gal Gadot film that is good, or that isn't Wonder Woman? I feel like I watch her on screen, and I I want I want her to be in a movie that's good, and I enjoy watching her on a big screen, but I can't see a film that she's in that is a good movie they're all bad that's why she's like a lady action star yeah like keeping up with the joneses is the only one that is watchable Hmm. i'm gonna look at her filmography here question i have a question can we support a movie directed by someone that's named rawson marshall thurber no (laughs) sounds like you said it backwards (laughs) I was um, I was surprised to find out that Ross and Marshall Thurber is also the director of Dodgeball, which I was kind of shocking. <laughs> that sounds like I was watching Money Plane earlier with Kelsey Grammer, and he goes, 
Darius Grouch Bonnegut the third. Like that's that's his name. <laughs> Sounds like that. Yeah. Uh, okay, well here's the problem. Gal Gadot has been in like Fast and Furious movies, and then she was in a couple of nothing movies, like you're saying. And then she was in Wonder Woman, and now she's famous. So this whole comment you're making is subject to everything that's about to come out. Like she's she's, well, she's going to be in a whole bunch of movies that are coming out right now, including Death, Death on, on the Nile. Death on the Nile might be good. Yeah, I, a movie yeah. called Irina Sendler, where she's the main character, and yeah. and Both Cleo Cleopatra, a remake of Cleopatra. So that could be. Like she's about to be a major, major fucking big deal for a really long time. So just slow, just just tap the brakes and let's reserve judgment, and then you can. She needs to. She needs a Scarlett Johansson and start doing not hundred million dollar movies. I don't. I I get where you're going. I get where intern's going here though because I'm not sure that she has a range. We haven't seen her try yet, so we'll see. Yeah. We'll but see. I've seen her in interviews and stuff. I'm not feeling confident. That's fair. We can we can be hesitant. We can quite we can be very judgmental of her. But I'm cool with her just being an action star. Yeah, yeah. just be a, a, a cool action chick. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Like if that Cleopatra oh. movie is in the is in the vein of that like what gods and men, oh my God. <laughs> whatever Ex- that Exodus crazy. Yes, exactly. If it's in that vein, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> How about we all just agree that none of us have to say worried or excited about this. Right. Um, but we should. <laughs> uh, I'm worried. Well, honestly, I'm the only one here that would be down for this, really, right? Yeah. And I am worried. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> My few worries across the board. If it's, it's yeah. 20 million bucks where you're, that's the kind of thing where you're like, okay, well, I mean, I can't turn it down since 20 million, but are you just kind of giving your template performance? Yeah. I think they are. Yeah, yeah they got the script. The first... script is like five pages with an outline of what happened. <laughs> because like even the tra- the trailer tells you, right? Like, okay, we're going to cut back and forth between y'all quipping at each other, making silly jokes, and then just like guns and explosions, which normally I'm really down for. But I don't know. There's, no- there's nothing else here. There's, n- there's nothing else here at all. But hopefully, here's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that because it looks so bad that when I actually do watch it, because I will, it'll like exceed my expectations because they're so low and I'll actually end up having a really good time. So It's going to blow your mind, balls. Yep. I hope so, too. I hope it is good. Because then if it's it's really good, then the intern will have to digest that. He'll have to be like, "Ugh, ugh. He'll have to disagree even though he kind of agrees under his breath and doesn't want to admit it. And if there's a Sasquatch in it, he's getting burdened. <laughs> guarantee <laughs> that this will not be good. Yeah. And I like Ryan Reynolds. This looks like trash. There'll be some photo that comes out mm. in the near future with some like breaking news photo of The Rock with like a bunch of hair all over him. They'll be like, what the fuck? And then they'll find out that The Rock is the Sasquatch. Um, yeah. <laughs> Next summer, The Rock is Harry and the Hendersons. <laughs> Ah, a reboot. <laughs> That's great. All right. Five hole. Here we go. We're going to bookend this properly tonight. We are bringing you Last Night in Soho.
last night in Soho. Here we go. When you're alone and life is making you lonely, you can always go downtown. When you've got troubles, all the noise and the hurry seems to help, I know. Downtown. Just listen to the music of the traffic in the city. Sidewalks where the neon signs are pretty How can you lose? The lights are much brighter there You can forget all your troubles Forget all your cares So go Intern, worried or excited about last night in Soho? Well, <clears throat> it has my favorite actress. And. Yeah, the, the brunette? <laughs> no, that's my second favorite actress. <laughs> I like them both a lot. Um, I do have one problem. My single problem with this is the guy with the eyes that are too close together. That was in uh, the chess, the chess. Uh... Queen's Gambit. Yeah. Oh my God, her genetic nemesis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's in this also, and I have a hard time looking at his face. Anyway, <laughs> it's so difficult. You guys talking about Matt it's Smith? Awkward. I don't know. The guy with the is. the guy with the big hair. Not Anya Taylor Joy. Yeah, Matt Smith. Well, the problem uh, is anyway. that Anya Taylor Joy's eyes are so far apart that his eyes then seem even closer together. I know. Yeah, it's very awkward. Yeah, he plays uh, Prince Philip in uh, The Crown for the first yeah. couple seasons. And he was a he was a Doctor Who as well. He's the 11th Doctor Who. Sorry, I'm just anyway. giving you uh, archive intern-type feedback to help train right. you on, great. on how it's done. <laughs> I feel like Edgar Wright went from making movies that a bunch of people liked that I didn't care about to making a really great movie last one to this and i think this is gonna be his this is this is it this is his masterpiece what was the last one uh baby driver oh baby driver got it yeah but before that it was it was, it was him and simon Pegg hanging out all the time 
for Hot Fuzz and yeah, World's End doing and all the that stuff. Yeah, Cornetta trilogy or whatever. Yeah, but he got clout from doing all that with Simon Pegg, and now that he's moved on from Simon Pegg, he's doing other movies that are more interesting. I don't well, necessarily Scott think... Scott Pilgrim. I love Scott Pilgrim. Oh, for sure, yeah. Oh, that, yeah. That too, Scott yeah. Pilgrim, I also love that movie, too. Well, I think... That's great. You don't need to, to declare what someone's this masterpiece is, is going to be. That's ridiculous. Do you know what's happening right now? What? All these movies that people have been saving for the theater are coming out right now, and this is in the middle of it. And I think I'm more excited for this than for Dune and Bond and everything else. This that is, is an it. absurd statement. That's blasphemy. Get out of here. Just because of Anya Taylor-Joy and Thomas and Mackenzie? That's... I just... I'm going to you know how young these women are right? all over the place you they're know how, over 18 yeah but they it's look fine. they look very young like very they look over 18 like my Thomason especially looks like underage yeah and my, my obsession is Natalie Portman and Natalie Portman is over 40 she's you know or she's about to be 40 or whatever well, she's a woman I'm not lusting after these girls do you think I'm lusting uh, yes I do you're like, oh, wow, they're so talented. Everyone can see through this. Everyone can. <laughs> You're just jealous because Natalie Portman did one good movie when she was 11 and then another one like 30 years later. And that's it. Okay. Question. <clears throat> Question, intern. Yeah. Anya Taylor-Joy, Natalie Portman, Thomas and McKenzie, how many Oscars have they won combined? Uh, one. That's correct. Move on. Yeah, I thought you hated the Oscars. Yeah, you but you don't. You you, 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 res- you respect the Oscars, so I'm throwing it in your face. The hypocrisy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I think I had seen a trailer before this, or a different trailer than this, that like was not as good of a trailer, but was more simplified in telling you what the actual plot of the movie was. Yeah, we've seen that one. It's yeah, definitely not a masterpiece. <laughs> So this makes it look very dark and like crazy, but it really, I think it's just a girl, like a design, a girl that works at like a design firm in like present time is going to sleep and having weird dreams about being like a starlet in the sixties. Yeah. And, and then she like literally sees a murder happen through her weird dream time traveling. It kind of reminds, it reminds me of a frequency. Yeah. Where Jim Caviezel is trying to solve a murder in the past by talking to his dad through the CB radio. Amanda, have you ever seen the frequency? No. I'm going to write that <laughs> down. not good. I'm going to write mm-hmm. that down. You know, and it's also like Memento or, you know, whatever. This, I don't, I'm worried because I don't get it. Oh, and I don't care. Getting worried from Amanda. I'm sure it's great. I'm sure it's well made. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm also going to say worried, not because of the cast or anything. Just, and I'm not even because I have any beef with Edgar Wright. Him and I, we, uh, we're, we're, we're fine. I, I love some of his movies, and I don't love some of his movies. We're going to go back and forth like that because we're humans and adults. I'm a little bit worried about this one. I'm a little bit worried about this one just because it's, I don't know, it's got kind of like a Stephen King vibe when Stephen King makes his own stuff. Mm. Uh, a little bit, just, but it's well hidden in this trailer. That's why it's kind of sneaky. I feel like you all teamed up together. There's like some conversation happening behind the scenes. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna Just say like push push interns buttons. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
I'm going to say I'm excited in turn, and I'm going to share with you stuff that's going to get you, you going. The reason why I think Amanda and, uh, and Daniel, if they will permit me to make this suggestion, because we are all adults and we can make assessments of other people and they can agree or disagree, and that's fine. Um, I think they're picking up on a vibe here. And that vibe is that Edgar Wright himself is an obsessive cinephile. And when an obsessive cinephile makes a movie where he is like jizzing about other movies, like this movie was inspired by two different movies that he nerds out about, which are Don't Look Now from 1973 and Repulsion from 1965. Don't Look Now has uh, Donald Sutherland and Julie Christie and it's, you know, it's got like a murder mystery type deal and uh, Repulsion is a Roman Polanski directed movie. Uh, again, another pedophile. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> depression, or sorry, a sex repulsed woman who disapproves of her sister's boyfriend sinks into depression and has horrific visions of rape and violence. So there's like movies that he's drawing from here and, and he got the title from, he, he named this movie after a, a pop band song from the 60s from 1968 called last night in soho by a a band called dave d dozy beaky mick and titch so this guy's like yes you know he's he's all over the place with his uh references and his inspirations and he's a bit of a nerd so i think that they're maybe picking up on this feeling which is this is someone jerking off about himself which is not that's that... the best time to jerk off well I don't know. I think it could be, like, this is not his masterpiece. I think this is going to be Shades of Neon Demon. Yes, yes. And I watched that shit, and it was terrible. Or what was the other one? Was the follow-up to Moon that was on Netflix? Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's another great example. And those are the trailers that Netflix first made that were very concerning. And it ended up being justified. Those movies were terrible. That was Mute. That movie was called Mute. Mute. This is not a Netflix trailer. No, it's not. But I'm just expressing that, you know. And also that Jeremy uh, Saulnier guy made that movie for Netflix as well that ended up being a total waste of time, even though it was supposed to be good. After making Green Room and Blue Ruin. I forget what it was called. Orange something? That's how memorable it was. But I actually checked out the song that this movie's title is based off of. And it's actually really good. Really good song. So It's a... really old song so in turn in turn for you i hope i i hope this turns out to be like black swan yeah yeah for you i hope that it's fantastic oh i'm sure it will be even if it's not ew <laughs> <laughs> oh jesus sound Christ. Really curvy? Like... that i uh, know i just i just picked up on that <laughs> unbelievable yeah that was gross I'm going to Polanski all over this movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, that's enough. Polanski, skeet, skeet, am I right? Mm-hmm. Well, that does it. 135, folks. We're done. We're out. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you for 136, in which it's likely that the House of Gucci will be making an appearance. Yeah. Is that the Lost oh. Trailers uh, intern edition? Oh, we, we should do, yeah, we should do a Lost Trailers intern edition in between. We'll just yeah, it's be like, a, like a 135 yeah. B side. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll pound it out. And I guarantee you he will shard. I will be, I'll fucking put money on it. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, we bid you uh, the cool billion adieu. Thank you for joining us. See you next time. I'm going to play uh, this song, The Last Night in Soho, on our way out.